Mark, you want to be in TV? Come on back in. <laughs> he gave you the number one sign. <laughs> September. I've often wanted to do that to you on. Well, you often TV. have. It's well, Blair and TV, Barker. I mean, the the pregame edition. You deserve it sometimes. The pregame edition ahead of the first of three games between the Jays and Yankees in the Bronx. You say Kikuchi against Clark Schmidt. Um, Jays start the day. Uh, game up. Wild card race. And coming off there, was that their, that was their ninth sweep of the season. Right? Their ninth sweep of the season. Kevin Biggio is in the cleanup spot tonight, which I just like seeing just to watch <laughs> Kevin's reaction. Not that Kevin, I mean, Kevin, listen, Kevin, uh-uh. Kevin, you, you, you've got been. nothing to do with Kevin. No, it's got absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, why not? Why not yeah, have that, him in the cleanup spot? Be my... I mean, if I'm Matt Chapman, I might be a little embarrassed, but. Other well, you've already that. been pin, been pinch hit for, for just saying, for like Kevin Biggio. Uh, but anyhow, that is the uh, Jays lineup. Nothing, nothing spectacular out, out of the lineup other than Alejandro Kirk is hitting eighth, and Holy Kevin God. Biggio is in the cleanup spot. Do we oh, have shy? What could go wrong? <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Kevin the, will give you good at bats. That, yes, that, that's, that's all you need to know. And and that's is what, this basically? That's are, are we basically going to have a platoon spot going forward who between else him would and they Schneider? Hit cleanup? I mean, you think about moving Bo down, but who would hit second? Kevin? Like, I, this is where they're at, sort of, is you're trying to make the dudes that matter real happy, and then you're trying to fill in the blanks everywhere else with the dude that you think can, against Schmidt, you know, lay off the cutter that's a good one and get the one that's in the middle of the plate and pull that thing in the short porch and right. That's basically what you're trying to do, so... The Jays have won seven of their last nine games against AL East clubs. Remember how we were talking about that? They've gone 15 and 25 against divisional opponents this season. Only the Oakland Athletics and the Colorado Rockies have fewer wins. Um, and they've got 15 straight divisional games. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, I, that's uh, all you matter. That's all that matters. That's all that right? matters. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's why that Kevin Bishop right is hitting cleanup. <laughs> what, what have you done for me lately? Well, again, I'm going to throw this out because I know I, uh, I mean, there is there's a reason that Kevin Biggio is hitting Dang, as well. And, and, and credit Kevin Biggio. He's uh, got a 146-point increase in his OPS since the All-Star break. What are you laughing at that for? That's that's good. In, that That's it's a lot. Gone up from two, 265 to 411. Good for him. He's take, I'll tell you one thing. He's taking advantage of opportunity. Kevin Biggio's taking advantage of opportunity, and, and he's – I mean, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but it's I, I. He's on your team next year. Oh hell yeah! Well, you've changed. No, I mean, man. I, no, you know well, what? I, you know you what I like about to put this? him in no. the back seat of your car. Yeah, you know and what? I like drive it. him to the airport. You know what I like about this is this may finally be Calvin Biggio developing into that Ben Zobris type dude we thought he was. Maybe you should start into. listening to me more often. No, that would be a big negative. <laughs> uh, you, you know, one person I will listen to, though, is Shy Davidi, our MLB insider yeah. with Sportsnet, who's in the Bronx. What's up, Shy? How's the Bronx treating you? Uh, it's great. It's actually a really nice night. Usually you're here and it's like grossly humid or a bit of rain, but sky is blue. The temperature is pleasant. There's a little BP happening right now. So actually a very nice time to be here. Um What's the mood? I, I know you just got there today, but what's the mood like around the Yankees? Mm. Just 
you know, we saw Aaron Boone do his media availability and he, you know, he, uh, he talked about, you know, well, we got to go out, we're going to go out and try to kick your ass like we normally do, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, there was no fire behind it really, you know. Um, what's your sense there about, uh, about where this Yankees team is? Well, it's right now it's a little bit of a weird group, right? Cause they've had all the injuries and then they've had some changes. So they're a lot younger than they've been. So they've got sort of like, like half the, at least in the batting order, it's like half the guys that you expected to be here. And then you've got some kids and some guys playing for jobs. And then the pitching side, they, they've had some injuries, but they still have the, the core of the pitching staff that was meant to take them. And it's like they've been playing well. They've gotten a bit of a boost of energy from some of the younger players that have been up. And, you know, they're sort of – they're not really in it, but, you know, they have – they go on some crazy run and they have some tiny percentile outcome play out then maybe. But I think there's just some – I guess a little bit of transitionary energy is the way we always put it, right? There's mm-hmm. guys who are playing for something and then other guys who are like, this season isn't what I had hoped it would be. So I, it's a little bit unusual in that way, but it's played well in terms of, you know, we talked about the Buffalo boost that the Blue Jays got at the beginning of the month. And, you know, they're getting, uh, they're getting one from some of their young players a bit right now too. Absolutely. Uh, you say Kikuchi's throwing tonight. Any difference you've seen in him the last couple of starts than we saw you know, four, five, six starts ago. Uh, it's interesting. He talked a bit about uh, not having quite the same fastball command uh, that he'd had earlier and that that was hurting him a little bit. And, you know, as soon as, as, soon as he doesn't have the fastball as much, well, then it's more pressure on the, on the curveball and the slider. And, you know, the slider, he wants to, in an ideal world, throw that ball to ball. Uh, and then have the curveball as a, you know the, the strike pitch, but if it's only got sort of one strike pitch, and he starts becoming a little bit more predictable. So, uh, you know, we it's funny how much we've talked about fastball command with him last year, and then this year not so much. But it always ends up being the first piece for him. And so, if he's there and he's good with that, then you get the the best of you say. And if not, then he's grinding a little bit. Uh, Shy, what do you? And what do you think the organization is seeing from Kevin Biggio that makes you or the organization think this is, you know, this is, I mean, obviously the guy's probably not going to have a 411, uh, you know, uh, uh, OBP um, for the rest of his, the rest of his career, but that this is, this is the guy finally that they've been waiting to see. Well, the changes that he made with his swing at the beginning of the season, uh, they changed a lot of things and they, at least the returns that he's gotten, you know, I remember talking to Kevin Vigio about this in early May, and he really thought that the way that he leveled out his swing and the way that it was staying in the zone for longer periods of time was going to allow him to fix some of the holes that he'd been working through. He had issues catching up with velocity uh, and getting to certain pitches in different spots in the inner half and up high. And now that that's, in play and he sort of, I guess, for lack of a better way to put a fixed it or patch that over, you know, that it's, it's helping him really leverage the, he's got that little bit of power. If he gets it, he's got the, he's got the, always had the play discipline in the batting guy. And now he's playing it. He does, he's not, he's trying to get the velocity. He's comfortable hitting different kinds of pitches. And that's 
all translated into what you've seen. Now, you know, you, you factor, you combine that with the jump in defense and the contributions that he's making in the field in, in, a, in a way that is probably even better than people might have expected of him and, and hoped from, from him. Like, you know, the metrics really like him at third base. They really like him in right field. And those weren't necessarily spots that you thought, okay, he's going to be, he thought that he could play there in, in a pinch, but he's been way better than that. I mean, it's it just turned into a really good package. So, you know, even if it's not a, you know, 400 OVP uh, over the long term, there's a lot of value there in the flexibility that he gives. Obviously, left-handed back, Blue Jays still need a lot of those. Uh, and, you know, full credit to him. He's, he's stepped up at a time of need and, and made himself indispensable to this team in the toughest part of the season. Yeah, with who they have from hitting four on, they're going to need Bo. Have you seen anything different from Bo? You know, the, since the 17 games he's been back, he struck out some. He's hitting a little under 200. Is there? Do you, do you see a lot at the end of the tunnel there? Again, he's got lots of parts. Like, it's, you know, and he's trying hard. I mean, this is his job, right, is to sort of help carry the team and they're going to need him here down the stretch you talk to him does he feel like he's close yeah i talked to him before the weekend uh, a little bit about it and he thought he was getting there you know like uh i can't remember after which game in the texas series but one of those games he was like the game ended and he was already in batting cage working on stuff and he talked about just trying to feel like himself again and it's not utterly surprised entirely surprising because you know he missed the time with the the leg injury you know i i can't imagine that he's anywhere remotely near 100 percent, even though he's playing every day uh, you know there, there's probably a lot of things that he has to try to figure out from both a, a timing perspective and a comfort perspective you know similar to matt chapman in that way where you know you're you're dealing with some physical stuff so you have to figure out what's going to work with you with what you're capable of doing physically in a spot and, you know, I think that's just the process for him. The, the Red Sox uh, obviously pitched him tough, and it, he's going to be the focal point for them, as, as Vlad will be as well. So, you know, he had, uh, he had a nice game against Texas towards the end there, and then it didn't, tra- it didn't carry over on the weekend, but uh, maybe that's just uh, part of the process for him where, you know, he's still just trying to find exactly what he needs to do to be at his best at this time. Yep. Shy, I know you've got some TV to take care of. We appreciate your time. We're going to let you scoot, my friend. Thanks so much. Travel safely. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Be well. See ya. Shy Davidi, our MLB insider with Sportsnet. 705 is the first pitch tonight on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. Um, not surprised to hear that about Bo. Um, I mean, those two guys look, it's, it's, they they have to like yeah. again. We we poke fun at the cleanup hitter, but they don't have one. Like it's a it's a by committee thing. It's OBPs they're basing this stuff off of. Not yeah, you know it's, it's whatever. It's not you know guys standing over there. Four eleven OPS is afraid not to, afraid to you know yeah. not pitch around Vladdy and those kind of things. So yeah, it's. Maybe this short porch and right in Yankee Stadium always helps, right? Now you can get to that path that you want to get to, the hands closer to your body. Again, he wraps his barrel a lot. Everything's got to be right. And if you don't have enough bat speed and and the hip rotation that you need isn't there, then you're going to be late. You're going to be out and around. You well, you know, the balls you normally hit hard, you're not hitting hard. So they're doing all they can do. 
Now let's just go out there, see ball, hit ball, and have some fun. Yeah, that is, uh, I mean, yeah, there's really not much else to say. It's nope, all in front of you. Of it's all year. in front of you right now. No. Nope. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, the Yankees, it doesn't matter what the Yankees are up to. Yankee Stadium's still a big stage. Absolutely. You know, there's still, the big there's stage still something for the Blue about, Jays. there's still something about, about being a Yankee Stadium that, uh, I can remember yeah. when I went there, it's intimidating. I mean, I'm not saying the, the the Blue Jays are intimidated, but it is like you got to get past the the crowd and the noise and the the hatred. Like, there's a lot of that. You've been in that park, and there's a lot of that. Been, so you got to get past that. The, and, I've sat you know. in the uh, bleachers at that park yeah. on a couple of occasions. Yeah, you've heard some things. Um, yeah, I have. I've heard <laughs> yeah, some things. Yeah, and they weren't directed played, at me. I played right field. My last name's Barker. Oh, Gibby, 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 put me out, but you know, Barker, that's an easy, that's an easy name to poke at and uh, with the Bob Barker thing and the Price is Right and the, yeah, but you add words to it. Like it can get a little crazy. So you gotta, you gotta be able to. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, I I just thought that that gets you upset. Hey, Bob Barker is a Price Right. Does that that get you upset? You think that's what they said? Hmm. Probably not. Probably not. Your little shelter that you reporters sit in in that outfield. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that's no, what it is. No, the, the yeah, press absolutely. box is behind home plate. Well, wherever it's at. Press box is behind no, no, home nobody's plate. Nobody's right? yelling and screaming. It sat out there you know, for, 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 you know, I blame Gibby. Press box. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should do it, Verna Wells. Verna Wells, Verna Wells uh, used to run out with gum for people, and he'd like, Flip gum into the stands. Uh, yeah, I didn't care that much. And I Verna could also a lot of it was funny. Verna could also give it back to the players too, or to the uh, fans too. Yeah, it helps when you can go buy a car. Yeah, no, after the game, that that's helps. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have unveiled the details of uh, a new ballpark in St. Petersburg, part of a redevelopment project. Mark Topkin covers the Rays for the Tampa Bay Times. He joins us on Blair and Barker. So this is it, Mark. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong, right? Yeah, and I, I can sell you a bridge also if you'd like. It goes between a couple of the boroughs in New York. Well, speaking of bridge. you right to it. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, the question, has this, I mean, I hope this works. Um, and it's going to save you from having to learn French. But is... Uh, <laughs> Like it, the issues that we saw with this, with, with with the placing, the placement of the stadium is still there, right? You're still going to have the these these traffic issues, or was that just was that just an excuse? Well, I, I do think it's both. I think that there is uh, certainly a lack of uh, well, there's no public transportation to speak of. Really, we don't have trains or anything cool like that down here. Uh, there is uh, a, definitely a traffic backup when there are. Uh, raise games played and a lot of people come but there also are a lot of people who use that as an excuse to never try to come or who it's convenient like when it's their favorite team Mm -hmm. which might be like a certain new york team that wears pinstripes people can come from tampa all the time but the excuse for not coming other days though it's too far it's too much traffic they come for playoff and world series games or when they've had them they come for big games like that um so it's a little bit of both, I, I think. I think here's the other problem is you guys live in like a real city, a big city, and people who live in New York 
and Chicago and Boston, traveling 45 minutes to go from the beautiful suburban palaces that you live in to go to the city, to go to a ballgame or a concert or a show is not really that unheard of. But down here, I think people are used to the convenience of thinking they're going to pull up, like go into the mall and park in the front for free and walk right in. So I think it's a little bit of all that. So the answer to your question, though, is no. The site is the same. It's literally in the parking lot of the trough where the new stadium will be built. There's no magic train or helicopter service or ferry or anything that's going to be added to make it all easier. Mm. But what they are banking on is that this area itself has grown tremendously in the last couple of years, the downtown St. Pete area itself. So whereas in the past, maybe only a very small percentage of your fans would have come from downtown St. Pete. They now expect that number to increase because of the many more people who have lived here. There's several giant, massive 40, I think one's 40 and one's 50 story luxury condo complexes underway that are selling at like two and $3 million for the cheapest one. That'd be the Jeff Blair one on the ground floor. Yeah, right. Uh, and going up and just like, so there's a lot of reasons that they think downtown St. Pete is better. And then you have, yeah, there's a new bridge coming in. It's going to make travel easier. There's a express bus, blah, blah, blah. But reality is they feel like there's going to be enough here to attract people to it. What they're going to build or what they're telling us they're going to build, it's going to be like the battery in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. basically twice, twice as big. It's almost twice as much land. It's a live, work, play, office space, hotels, bars, restaurants, shops, a museum, a concert hall, all this cool stuff that's going to be part of it. Does it take them from 27th in attendance to 7th? No. Does it take them from 27th to 20th? Maybe. And maybe that's enough to make a difference. Right. And I would also think that it would also maybe unlock some some revenue streams for the team. What what has to happen? I mean, all kidding aside about nothing can go wrong. Uh, what's the next What's the next step for this? It sounds, look, having covered, I think this is the fifth stadium proposal that they've made i think since 2007 when they first started this one is by far or appears to be by far the furthest along they already agreed to the financing plan before they came public with anything Mm. uh the city the county and the rays are in agreement on a plan now be by law it has to be subject to approval of the city council and the county commission uh the president of the rays who has spent much of his last life for the last year or so working on this told us on the record they feel very confident they have the votes. These votes, though, won't happen until the spring, probably, because that's just how municipalities work. And this is a massive redevelopment agreement, which is just they put out a, a fact sheet to give us the highlights today. It was four pages. So just think about that. If the yeah. highlights were four pages, how long the documents are. So, you know, come spring, could the people on the committee change their view. Could priorities be different? Could there be a natural disaster between now and then? I mean, obviously things can going to happen, but they seem to feel pretty comfortable uh, that this is very far down the road, very optimistic they're going to make this deal. And when they announced it today, it was a very celebratory announcement, and you know, logos were made that say here to stay. I mean, they are definitely – uh, buying in, pushing the idea that this is going to work, and the city and council, and the city and the county, are big partners in this. The Blue Jays have a slight role in this because they got their money. Remember to redo their spring training complex, and a lot of that money came from the Pinellas County bed tax. Right now, the Phillies want to catch up to the Blue Jays, so they have a massive request into Pinellas County. I think like three hundred million or something. And the, there was some discussion because some of the county 
commission people who are from that part of the county feel like they should take care of the Phillies. But the county administrator, it's a very big county, Pinellas County. You know that, Jeff. Yes, You've driven it. Yeah. It's, it's like 29 different cities are in Pinellas County. It's crazy. But they did come out today and say they have enough money for all of the baseball requests and the beach nourishment issue because they're having a little fight with the Army Corps of Engineers. So they have enough money for the baseball. So keep spending your money in hotels, Toronto people. <laughs> You're supporting everybody. Come early, stay an extra day, order room service so it goes on your bill. The tax that covers that then. Uh, so, yeah, so that's where we are. They think this is going to happen. It won't be officially official until the spring. They want to break ground sometime second or third quarter next year. They plan to play opening day in the stadium. It will be basically in the parking lot of the TROP, for lack of a more precise description. And, you know, the first year it'll just have a few of the cool things open, and then that will go on. It's literally 20 years from start to finish for every single thing, I think, on the diagrams. Mark, they got a great blueprint for the the race team. Obviously, they're really good. This screw it up. I'm sorry, say it again. Does this screw it up? They got a, bl- a blueprint on how they're going to win baseball games, and it's been really good. Parker's right? worried that they won't be the little uh, engine yeah. that could anymore. I want them to be the race deal. Is that is this going to screw it up? Why would having a new stadium mess up what they're doing? I don't know, I don't more more money to spend. You know, you're overthinking it. Now I can buy this player. <laughs> this player comes here. Like, I can screw it up. I don't want that. So you, you think they'll become the Mets? Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, i don't know let's hope not um no i i mean look if they had a you know it, it's funny because you know you could have more money to play with now and they're like yeah but you know we're also going to put more money in because they're putting in there was a tipping point in this and i happen to, to get that i wrote this about a week and a half ago i didn't realize this big, how big a news it was because i didn't know they were on the verge of finalizing this thing but um they came up a lot in their money. They went from, we initially heard they, in some of these previous stadium deals, were looking at for like a one-third, one-third, one-third kind of thing uh, with the city, the county, and them. And it turns out they, they are paying more than half. The contract is the raise pay $700 million, and the city and the county split the other $600 million. So they came up quite a bit. The team, uh, Sternberg, the owner, Steve Sternberg, may sell some uh, shares in the team to raise equity, or there's like some companies that, you know, I know, like the Lightning sold like 30% of their equity to a company that does it for private investment and has a bunch of cool guys that are like, hey, now I own part of a hockey team. Mm-hmm. So one way or another, they'll raise their $700 million or they'll just finance it. And they probably just, you know, fill out a mortgage app online, right? Rocket Mortgage or something, fill it out online. I need $700 million for a baseball stadium. <laughs> they, might be awesome. able to, they might be able to get some folks in Montreal to invest yeah. in it. Oh, no question. Yeah, yeah, I remember that plan. <laughs> Marcus, we're going to let you run, man. Uh, Thanks for doing this. Yeah, you're awesome. You got it, guys. Anytime. Thanks. Take care. That's Mark Topkin, Rays reporter at the Tampa Bay Times. I mean, if it's happened to the Rays, he's reported on. All yeah. kidding aside, I, I listen, I, we talked about I love St. Pete, man. Uh, it, it is my favorite part of Florida by far, and I'm and it's cool downtown. It's got a really neat vibe, and Anything's I'm, I'm, better I'm really than the happy. Trump. Let's put they'll, it you know, they'll do it up. They'll do it up well. And it's yeah. not going to have a retractable roof, apparently. Uh, well, you know what? As someone pointed out, you really don't need a retractable roof in Florida because it's going to rain a lot of the time. So uh, that's a good uh, point. Um, you know, anyhow. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So uh, as of now, at least, it looks like the Rays are staying in Florida. $6.5 billion. Wow. As long as you don't. Plan. That also involves you know, 
refurbishing the entire as long, area. As long as that don't change the the cargo shorts and the way they run their organization, they're not going. I be, mean, they figured it out. They're not going to be. Signing, what if you have a little extra jingle in your pocket? Shohei Otani. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, the Canadian Futures Showcase is going on at the Rogers Center until September 23rd. It is a hugely, hugely, he said as his voice broke, important part of uh, the baseball season for amateur players in Canada. TJ Burton is the program manager of amateur baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays. He joins us next. And yes, we do have Jays and Yankees tickets to give away. It's Blair and Barker, pregame edition on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and Sportsnet. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's The Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. in here and sit down in the room. Oh, we're 37 minutes away from I'm first pitch in the man. Bronx. I can smell the hot dogs. I'm looking at the uh, the screen here, the closed you would circus feed. <laughs> Yankee Stadium. Not the new one, though. The old one. Oh, the new one is Not still. The new, the new one. one is still. The new Doesn't one is really like cool. that. The, oh, the new one's got great smells. It got great food. I, uh, it's, no, it's almost too nice. I've food. been underneath the behind home plate yeah, where you get, you get lobster and filet yeah. mignon. Oh, like what great. kind of what kind of ballpark is this? There's a, it's like there what is, am I supposed to do? With there's this? a butcher shop. There. Oh, is it really? There's a butcher shop there, and you can pick up steaks and take them home. There's Wish a better known that butcher shop. Yeah, it's it's a terrific place. Anyhow, mm. uh, enough about that. Uh, the Rogers Center will be the site uh, this week while the Jays are on the road in uh, New York and Tampa. The Rogers Center will be the site this week of the Canadian Futures Showcase. Now, we talked about this a little bit last year, and uh, we talked about it uh, just before just before the break. Uh, since its debut in 2013, 117 participants have been drafted out of this tournament. More than 600 have received college scholarships. This is essentially a chance for the top Canadian amateur players to showcase their skills in front of scouts from all 30 major league baseball clubs and perhaps more importantly mm-hmm. a lot of ncaa and junior college recruiters awesome. and if you want to know some of the dudes that have played in this tournament i do mean dudes uh josh naylor bo naylor matt brash edward julian zach pop abraham toro jordan Belazovic, charles leblanc i mean a, a who's who of of guys that have been drafted it works in recent years it yeah. absolutely works uh, it is it. uh it it really is one of the it's one of the important dates on the Canadian baseball calendar, and it's also a just a, a, a terrific success by any measure. T.J. Burton is program manager of amateur baseball with the Blue Jays, and uh, he joins us on Blair and Barker. T.J., thanks for uh, joining us this afternoon. Um, look, we've sung the praises of this tournament in the past. We've mentioned some names. Uh, you know, it, it seems to me that... We focus a lot on the Canadian junior team as being a pathway for a lot of kids. But this, I I think, is important because it's such a big country and it's so spread out. 
the 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 chances of somebody slipping through the cracks mm-hmm. seem to be a little less to me because of this tournament. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I, I view this tournament as almost an extension of the junior national team. You know, Greg Hamilton does such a good job putting putting that club together. He's here today for our scout day. Um, but I think you guys are right. You know, when we go to every province across Canada and we hold tryouts, and we saw over 1,700 kids try out for this event this year, um, and we're able to take 160 as opposed to the junior national team taking, you know, 30 to 35, um, we're able to really make sure that we have all the right kids here and, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, we have missed kids in the past and we'll probably miss kids in the future, but I think that speaks to just time periods and in, in players' development and, and where they are. But, you know, we work, we spend a ton of resources and work really hard to try our best to get the 100, best 160 kids here we can every year. TJ, I've been through things like this, and it helped me to actually have a conversation with a scout. How much do you think that helps these players to just to be able to walk up to a scout and have a conversation about how he plays, how he looks, those kind of things? Yeah, I think it's huge for their development. You know, the scout turnout today was tremendous. We had representation from what I saw from almost every major league team, and we had about 30 to 35 college recruiters and some pretty big schools and some some West Coast schools like Pepperdine and Long Beach State. And so to see schools like that coming all the way to Toronto to see the best 160 kids, um, you know, that makes makes you feel really good. But to answer your question... I think it's, again, it's great for their development, you know, to have a scout come up to you. I remember that as a kid myself, and just to have a scout come up to you and tell you that you had a great day or, you know, I, I remember seeing you last year and you've, you've done so much to improve your swing. I think that just goes a long way in reassuring the, the kids that are here that they're on the right path and they're in a good place and, and baseball can be a future for them. Yeah. You know, I had a chance to talk to to. A college recruiter in this event a couple of years ago and um, just in passing and one of the points he made is it's he said it's handy because you're looking at kids some of whom may not have had their growth spurt some of whom have had a growth spurt and he says it, it's good to be able to keep track of a kid right like you can see a kid and go wow he's I mean that, that's bigger than what our report was from last year right you can really make a difference in that way yeah, I think it's, you know, having some of the kids here for multiple years. I think I think the idea, the job of a scout is to, you know, start building a track record with young players. So to be able to come to this event and, and see a kid when he's 15 years old coming out of 10th grade and then see him in his draft year um, two years later and see, you know, has he... Has he improved on his speed? Has he got more physical? Um, you know, has he gone backwards maybe, you know, because that does happen from time to time. And, yeah, I think it's all about building a track record with these kids and and having them all here at the Rogers Centre in one place playing on a major league field. Um, I just couldn't think of a better venue for it. TJ, how do you think the game of baseball has changed the young baseball player? It's 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 a tremendous challenge for these these young kids. I think about this Canadian group, and this is kind of the last wave of it. Um, but you know, this was a group that was very much affected by the pandemic, and a lot of these kids' progression and baseball careers were halted for a couple of years. And you know, so to to come back now and have this showcase um, is great for this in Canada. But these kids, their showcase is all over North America, um, and I think. It's a 
it's a really big responsibility of the programs across this country to really guide the parents and the kids of what are the right showcases to go to, right? Or what are the right events to go to? Because um, you can burn yourself out traveling all over North America to just try to go to showcases to pitch one inning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear about this stuff all the time where a kid got asked to play for a team and he went to a showcase and he pitched two innings. Um but that took up four days and a, a lot of mileage and, um, you know, a lot of time. So I think it's very important for these kids and it's a lot of pressure on the parents and the programs to really make sure that when you choose to go to an event that might not be with your league play, that you choose the right event. How, how much have you noticed the, 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 the amount of time that scouts or college recruiters will spend with these kids now that you know we've seen so many canadian kids have successful college careers and then go on to the majors are are, do you find that the the evaluators tend to spend more time individually with these kids and their parents than perhaps in the past yeah absolutely i mean i think an emphasis you know you're seeing it you know, definitely in the last 10 years, but I think the 10 years before that, you know, definitely there's there's good major league baseball players that come from Canada. There's no doubt about it. We have MVPs, we have All-Stars, we have World Series champions. They're, they're definitely here. So I think, you know, the colleges have definitely taken a notice of, of finding, you know, what they may think is a diamond in the rough up in Canada. Um, and it, it takes a little extra effort. But, um you know, it's a, it's a challenging world right now, and you're seeing it in football down in the States at the collegiate level, and you're starting to see it um, now in the baseball, which is putting, you know, these high school kids back up against the ball is this transfer portal where mm. basically major colleges can just go to smaller colleges and pick their best players. So, you know, it's one of those things where if you're a college coach and your job and you're getting paid to win – um, you know, are you going to take a stretch on that kid from Etobicoke, Ontario, or are you going to take that kid that just had a really nice year at a mid-major and bring him right into your program? So um, it takes the it, – it, it, it's that – it's one other challenge for these kids to get down to the States is they're up against the portal now. So um, it's one more factor they have to get in, and it's it's that much harder that they have to work. DJ, listen, thank you yeah. so much for joining us today. Congratulations. Uh, you know, the, the program success speaks for itself. Yep. And uh, keep it going, my friend. Thanks for this. Thanks, TJ. All right. Thanks, guys. TJ Burton is program manager, amateur baseball at the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Canadian future showcases at the Rogers Center until September. Yeah. No, no, matter, no matter how good of a player you are, you need opportunities. Yeah. And well, for, and, that, and for TJ to be doing this and, and just... You have to be seen, right? That's the hardest part of this. You have to know what what the right one to go to. TJ made a great point about there's so many of them. How do you know which one's the right one if you're a parent? And for TJ to be getting the word out to say, hey, this is a good one, right? If you're a good player, you can come here and be seen by a ton of people. That's an advantage for you. Yeah, the transfer portal has really kind of complicated things. Hasn't made it easier. Uh, That's for sure. Things for every every sport. You know, and it's like it used to be that the big issue for Canadian players – getting into the minors was the work visa. I mean, I think I've told you the story about Gord Ash telling me how when he was GM, they would make trades and the future considerations would be work visas because yep. you were only given a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, times, have, times have really changed. 
But uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's still, and it's one of the issues, you know, I've talked about this in the past that soccer has in this country and it, it, people like John Herdman, it keeps them awake at night because it's just such a big country. I mean, you don't know the next Alfonso Davies came from Edmonton. What the hell if there's a, is if, if the next great Canadian soccer player is in Brandon, Manitoba, and no one sees him because because of geography or, you know, or, or, or some place in the East Coast and no one sees him because of geography. Well, now, at least in baseball, you got a shot of coming to this central location, somebody seeing you, somebody saying, I like what this kid is seeing. And an even bigger story is the fact that, as, as TJ said, you can see the kid at 15, you might go, oh, man, you know, God, we like the swing and everything, but God, he's so small. And you come back two years later and you, wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a great event. And Absolutely. as I said, the success is the success is shown in the major league level. Uh, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here on Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question of 590-590. I've got tickets to give away to see the Jays and Yankees at the Rogers Center on September 27th. Our last trivia question and answer was, this Australian pitched for both the Yankees and Blue Jays and had a 10-year major league career. Name him. It was Graham Lloyd, who also signed a free agent contract with the Montreal Expos, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, one of the few people to sign a free agent contract when David Sampson and Jeffrey Laurier ran the team. Today's trivia question and answer, it's an easy one. David Cohn, David Wells, and which other pitcher all won World Series championships mm. as members of the Blue Jays and Yankees? Again, David Cohn... David Wells, and which other pitcher all won World Series championships as members of the Blue Jays and Yankees. Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. This guy's horribly underrated. Horribly underrated as a pitcher. Hey, it's time for the back leg line. 416-413. Three nine five. Now it's been a while. I just had to look up. It's been a while. It's been a while. I got a lot in my plate, boy. I got a yeah, lot. I got a lot a going on. There's a lot going on up here. Oh, for sure. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. You know that. I get it. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. We're lucky to have you. You, you certainly are. And enjoy it while it's here. Uh, Robin Mississauga, you had wow. a question. Wanted to ask you if your thoughts on putting Vlad in the cleanup spot. I don't think I've seen that in the last couple of years. And wonder why we can't see that. I know we're all, we're always talking about having somebody uh, hit in front of uh, or after Vlad to protect him. But why not have somebody get on base who can run the run and and hit a better, and then Vlad comes up. Maybe that would be good for him. Uh, just thought to get your thoughts on that. Mm, Barker, it sounds incredibly easy. It does. Why wouldn't you? What, what's easy about it? I mean, having it clean up. Yeah, I think I wouldn't they have done it already? If no. if, if it was an easy answer. I I mean he's starting to hit, isn't he? Like doesn't he look better? I mean I he's Yeah. Like he's he's hitting so much that the Red Sox actually walked him. Does it does it not let me just say this though. Does it not strike you as odd that this is a team that has had ten cleanup hitters mm. and blow <laughs> bow? <laughs> Bo and Vladdy haven't been part of it. Uh, yeah. Like, if I said to you that they were going to run 10 dudes uh, through the cleanup spot, but it wasn't going to be Bo and it wasn't going to be Vladdy, you would have looked at me and said, oh, come on. I, I almost would tell you that that's because of Bo and Vladdy. 
That has nothing to do with the That's organization. Fair. That's fair. Or John, that has something to do with your best two players are saying, uh, uh-uh, if we're going to try and be our best, we want to be right here consistently, right? If you want to move us up a notch, but don't put us in the four hole. Like, don't do that because the they're very know. comfortable. I, I, who knows? But look, I, I think it's think about construction and, and protection and trying to get your better hitters more pitches to hit. Kevin, do you think there's a chance? Is there a chance in your mind at all? Scale of one to ten. Ten being metaphysical certainty, zero being mm-hmm. no chance of it happening. That Vladdy or Bo end up hitting cleanup at one point in these next whatever it is, twelve games. I would ask who would hit in their spot. Two rights don't make a wrong. Two right. Yeah. Two wrongs don't make a right. Two whatever that don't make a right. Yeah, yeah. I Two rights do make I a don't, wrong. I don't. I don't. Look, on I, side of the I, law I we've said on. this forever. They don't have a cleanup hitter. Like you're trying to force it to where. How do you get Vladdy as many now that he's has better? You can you can obviously tell he's more confident. Now it may go away in the Yankees series. Who knows? But he's I looked better. So. He's looked better. You know, the timing looks better. His direction looks better. Like his finish. His finish looks. Is, a, you looks always a talk lot about better. his finish. His it's not finish how you looks. Start, it's how you finish. Like all you know of what that else looks, looks better. better. We saw in that last game. His takes look a lot. There's his a lot. Takes look like he can actually hit it if he wanted to. Yeah. Which is a big deal for a guy that has timing issues. I. I, I just don't know the answer. That. I will ask you this question. Do you think Vladdy would have had a better year if Bo was hitting behind yes, him? Yes, without question. Without question. You think Bo would have had a, a, a lesser year than he's had because of that reason? Possibly. If you want to know the truth, possibly. I think it's a lot on somebody's plate it, to protect when you're a young, aggressive dude who wants to carry a team and a country to a World Series. But I will a, say, there's a lot on there's a lot on them doing. I will say this and, though. You know what? You're now you're Bo. You got your multi-year contract. You're being paid what you think you should be paid. It's all about winning. I don't know. I'm not sure it helps. I, I mean, know. it would help if all three guys, the first three guys, get hot. You know, if if George Springer stops being one for twenty and Bo stops going hitting one eighty six and can jump on that bandwagon with Vladdy, doesn't have to be a long period of time. Yeah. Just has to be seven or eight games, right? I mean, they're not going to go on a twelve game streak here. Seven or eight games of this thing, you get three dudes all hot at the same time. Who hits clean? Who cares who hits clean up then? Who cares if Matt Chapman or Kirk's hitting or Varsho? Who cares if those three guys can get hot? for a real short period of time, all at the same time, maybe this little short porch and right will help. I do know when you go to that in your right hand, it's like going to Boston if you're left-handed. You stay inside that thing, get a little cheap double off that thing. That thing's real close in right field. Don't got to do a lot to hit it over there with a little backspin. Had to get you out of a slump, so fingers crossed. Mike in St. John, New Brunswick. Mike. On Friday, you had Caleb Joseph on, and you were talking about hitting and moving up in the box of a pitcher is throwing a change up. It's like hitting 101, but you also hinted that the Jays do not do this, nor do the hitting coaches even preach this. You know, you got six guys, including Donnie Baseball there, and why is this approach not applied, or why is it not mentioned, and why is that kind of like a running joke? And you also mentioned Pete Walker and his effect on the pitching staff, and uh, and he's earned a lot of pitchers a lot of money, but yet 
I've listened to you guys mention how baseball coaching isn't like, let's say, an offensive coach in football, and the effect on the overall play is minimal. So I hope you guys can kind of clear that up a little bit. Thanks. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Now, yeah, I, that, uh, go well, ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, you, you, I was going to say the difference between hitting coaches and pitching coaches, I think, is first of all, the pitching coach, you're working with a smaller group of dudes usually. Uh, generally, the pitching coach has been a pitcher. I, I think, and and I also I think, in, as Kevin, I'm sure you're going to say this, I think, Pete Walker does a better job of communicating with the pitchers than the hitting coaches do with communicating with the hitters. I think it's track record. I think if I'm a if I'm a pitcher and I come to this organization and the word is out from dudes that this dude is just like he is golden. Like everything he says, mechanically change this, get your hand here, lift it here, be faster there. Like everything he is selling, they're buying it and it's working. Dudes are getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. You're going to listen. Like you're going to yeah. pay attention. No offense to Guillermo Martinez, but why in the heck would I listen to him? You ever hit a ball in the gap against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium? Nope. It's also that facts, you know, and again, I, I also keep getting back. I I also keep getting back to this. It's, you know, the pitcher initiates the action, right? Pitcher starts the game. The offense doesn't start the game. It's a game where the possession of the ball belongs to the defense. And there's a lot of strategy that goes into attacking hitters that's why the pitching coach, I think, is so is so Every, everybody's, important. Everybody's got to remember, it's your career. Now, everything that everybody says is not going to work for you. But if you know that a guy that is selling things to a group of people consistently. Now, Petey's not, that doesn't work for everybody. No. There's been guys that it hasn't worked for. But consistently, over time, it's worked for a bunch of guys. The You're going to buy into that. That's what I said. If Vladdy's, all that movement ain't working and... I don't know. Bo Bichette's dad walks up because he's got over 300 homers in the big leagues and says, stop doing that because I did it. It worked for me in September. Not telling you to marry it and do it all the time. I'm just saying short term, try it this way because it worked for me in September when I was facing this and I was this tired and I was moving this much. That you can walk away as an offensive player and go, well, I can't argue with that. There's also another thing, too, is uh, the pitching, the pitchers, especially the starting pitchers, they got more time between starts than hitters do. There's the relationship between the pitching coach and pitchers is different than the relationship between gotta, hitters and hitting There's got to be a track record of it working. And you got you know, there has to be some of that where when you raise your hand in the room, people are going to stop what they're Abby, doing and gotta, listen. I'm going to disagree with you partly, though, because mm, at some point, Everybody was in their first year as a pitching coach. Pete Walker was in his first year. Blade? Yeah, but he didn't have a successful maybe he didn't career. Have the, maybe he didn't have the clout then. He didn't have a successful that he has career. Now. Yeah. You have to have success. You have yeah, to have I, it from... I know, but I think you, it's what you're selling has worked. I think it's. I think it's just. I think it's just the. Na- it's more than that. It's just the nature. The pitching coach. Not for me. The pitching coach is the guy. This organization, let me put it this way, this organization, how many hitting coaches are there? Strategists and all that. I don't know, five or three, six, three, whatever, three, three or four? three that I know of. There's a bullpen coach, a pitching coach, and there's probably a pitching strategist as well. But Pete's your point guy. Who's your point guy if you're Vladdy, if you're hitting? Is it Hudgens? 
Is it maybe Donnie Baseball? Is it Hunter Menses? Is, that, is, 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 is it Guillermo? The three people that you just mentioned, why would you listen to any three of those? Not saying they're not good people and don't know baseball, but there has to be a little that I did it. Yeah. Why don't you try it? Yeah. Like I just just because I'm selling something that an organization is telling me to sell, I like a player. That's just what I said. This time of the year, sometimes it's not about numbers; it's about leaning on experience. Yeah. I've been through it. Maybe I haven't been through that. That somebody else has that I can walk up to and go, "Hey, I've tried this. It's not working." What uh, did before, you do? Before the before we go. Scooting up in the box. Buck also talked about this yeah, during the telecast as well as how guys used to do that and they don't do it anymore. Catch it before it moves. Like that's basically. Why don't they do it? Creatures of habit. It's like the Gibby thing. And I used to say, why don't somebody try and stay inside a ball and hit it away from the shift if you're left-handed? His answer was always because that's the way they made it to the big leagues. I would have done it because I wanted to be a big leaguer for 15 years. I would have done anything. I'd have hit right-handed on my head. Athletes, uh, professional athletes are conservative. Stuff that got them to the major. If, 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 I, if I did this and I finally got to the majors, why am I going to change it? But he's hit a bunch of home there. runs doing it one way in the back yep. of the batter's box. Like, it's a hard change. Not for me, but it may be for them. 7.05 is the first pitch tonight. You say Kikuchi on the mound for the Blue Jays. Clark Schmidt for the Yankees. Mr. Barker. You'll be along with me afterwards for Blue Jays talk. We'll be back tomorrow from 5 to 7 Eastern. Try to keep it down to a dull roar, please. We'll be back tomorrow from 5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. Enjoy the baseball.